0: you're listening to the Roki podcast a health and fitness resource for real people we exist to share helpful meaningful information and have a bit of fun along the way so sit back relax and learn something new about pursuing a healthier and more capable life Hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed this series as much as I have. Today is our final episode with Jonathan and Blakely from Digital Barbell. Today we're going to talk about training and recovery. um, What should training look like as well as what should recovery look like? We also dive in a little bit to injury and Blakely is going to share a personal story um, about her own personal injury and how she overcame that and recovered from that uh, without surgery. So pretty incredible stuff here. Hopefully uh, you guys will find it beneficial. Enjoy and we'll see you in the gym. Okay so let's uh, let's talk about exercise. Um, what type of exercises the normal average American like what should they be doing? what um, what would you guys prescribe to them if they, if they don't want to do like individual programming or they say um, hey, I don't have any equipment, help what what would you say uh, they should be doing?
1: We would say the first thing is just like whatever they'll stick with whatever <laughs> their preferences <is>. like it <laughs> and then um, you know, skew toward getting in the community um, and then probably more weights, less cardio if they, had, if they really had mm-hmm. to pick something.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a struggle sometimes to convince people that have a lot of weight to lose that running three miles yeah. five days a week is not the thing that's going to get them the results that they want.
1: Like a 60 to 90 minute sweat fest is every day is not what they have to do.
2: Right. To it's it's focusing on the basics and like Blakely said all this is within the context of is it something they'll stick with but if we had somebody who was willing to do whatever we wanted mm-hmm. we would recommend resistance training which means what lifting weights yeah in a in a fashion that progresses you over time meaning it gets harder and harder and harder you know the the body adapts to whatever we do to it so there has to be a plan to make it harder, otherwise we'll adapt and then we'll plateau, but if we can design the training program in a way that causes progress, we'll continue to see results, both in you know physique and endurance, cardiovascular, it, work, it all works the same way, it's this cycle of stress, stress the body with exercise, recover with sleep and nutrition, and then your body adapts, makes you stronger, gets you fitter. And yeah. just repeat that cycle over and over again. Yeah. You know, if you want to get good at running longer and longer in distances, then by all means, go run three miles today, three and a half miles next week, four miles a week after that. That will cause a progression to make you a better runner. But if your goal is overall fitness and physique goals, then you need to have a mix of both cardiovascular training and weight training with an emphasis on weight training.
0: Cool. So, I want to dive into that a little bit more because there is, I think, a really big just cross the board misconception that if I want to get healthier or if I want to lose weight, I need to be doing more cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, why is strength training so important, and how does it? What is it about strength training that's going to help me reach my health goals, whether it's to lose weight or just to be healthy in general?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's that, there's that, that quote from Mark Rippetoe about. <laughs> You know, what's the,
2: what's the quote? Strong people are harder to kill than weak people <laughs> yeah. and more more useful. more useful in general.
0: More useful in general. I like that. We
1: just actually wrote a, a post about this, this study that was done on grip strength, and I thought that was really fascinating, about, like, an older person, like, if you shake an older person's hand and they have, like, a really good grip strength, like, you can tell their grip strength when you shake their hand, then they have, in general, just, like, trained their body with weights. from from a big portion of their life and they're a stronger person and they're going to be a healthier person. Mm -hmm. They said like it's even, you can, you can, um, it's better than like cholesterol levels.
2: I forget the biomarker they correlated it with, but there was a a better correlation in overall health with grip strength than with this this biomarker that they tested. Wow.
1: Yeah. So it was fascinating. So,
2: so yeah, I mean, that's some people get different grip strengths from different things over, over life, but there's a there's a tie between people who are just generally stronger yeah. and generally healthier.
1: And it has nothing to do with like training your grip. It just meant that you have you worked work. out. You did work for <laughs> right. most of your life.
0: Right. And, and the reason someone at their desk, like I'm <laughs> never going to die. <laughs> I love it.
2: Those things are hard. I'm, <laughs> I think at one point in time I decided I wanted to get a stronger grip, so I bought some of those and I'm wow. like, This stinks, this is <laughs> yeah. hard. And I gave up it's pretty quickly. Boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dumb. Sorry, right, go ahead. What were we yeah. Say? Um so there's the there's the ties to just overall like we talked about earlier, the retention of lean body mass over over time keeps us healthier and less dependent on other people. Um and you know, as as younger people also it matters because You know, increased lean body mass, you know, like we talked about earlier, helps you burn more calories, helps you be more active, like gives you more energy. It's just, it keeps your metabolism higher, you know, metabolism is the the sum of all the calories that you burn during the day. Mm. A a very inactive person with low lean body mass has a very low metabolic rate. They don't require a lot of calories to do everything they're doing versus an active person who has lean body mass is just, their body's always active and working, and I think If you've ever been on both sides of that you know the difference in the way that you feel
0: yeah so is it true that we'll we'll say 45 minutes 45 minutes of strength training is going to burn more calories than 45 minutes of steady cardio is that a is that a a, factor that is a fact yeah there's you knew that already. I could tell. When well, I, asked the question. it was an assumption, yeah, yeah it but I, it hasn't been verified by the doctor. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to ask the, the research professional. Yeah, so. it's absolutely true. I mean,
2: you burn more calories doing it, and you burn a lot more calories after the fact too. And what
0: causes that? Like, what, why is there a higher calorie burn? What, yeah. What's happening with the body? We actually wrote a post about
2: this not long ago. Um, you know, when you when you lift weights, you're you're damaging muscle tissue, and then. Part of that stress recovery adaptation cycle is your body repairing that muscle tissue. So what do you think is required to repair muscle tissue? Energy, baby. <laughs> More energy. Yeah. Right. So all of this is calorically expensive to do. And it yeah. has the benefit of making you stronger and bigger also, but it also requires a lot of energy to get done.
0: Okay. Versus, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, if I'm getting on the elliptical for 45 minutes... I'm whatever energy I'm expending to move that machine. That's pretty much it. Is that correct? That's true. Once you, once you get off the caloric expenditure
2: is very low for those reasons that we just talked about. Okay. And your, your training and uh, Blakely just is going to send out an email about this later today. So if you're listening to this and you don't get our emails, you need to sign up. But uh, if you haven't figured that out already, <laughs> right. what are you doing? So you're, when you're training, when you're on the elliptical machine running for 45 minutes or moving for 45 minutes, you're only training one of your three. Your body's three energy systems. So there's there's three. I won't get into it too deep here. But the, the one you're training on the elliptical machine is your oxidative system. And that's the one that makes you go long distances with little energy for a long period of time. So that trains that energy system. You're neglecting the other two, which are more for short bursts of exercise like you guys do in... CrossFit, so um, training all three energy systems is ideal. And you know, spreading your training out across those three will make sure you're they're all trained, and you're going to burn a lot more calories than just training the oxidative system.
0: Cool. What are the other two? You want to take us <laughs> phos- yeah. it since you at the Glycolytic
2: and phosphagenic and
0: glycolytic. Okay. How do I know what is what is it? Give me like real world example what am i doing when i'm using my glycolytic energy system
1: well the uh, the first one is the
0: creatine phosphate oh the, the phosphate. sorry so we'll, well start the, that's yeah. the first one that's
1: so that one is you know when you're doing close to your one rep max is 90 to 95 percent effort with lots of rest or like I'm one sorry, and done one and done <laughs> yeah okay. or sprints really fast sprints or like you know, heavy sled pushes, stuff
0: like so that. So, like, um, so, like a heavy uh, one rep max deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, would a five rep max be considered that, or is that now pushing it into the next energy system? That's pushing into the next. Energy okay. So, system. what's what's the time frame for that? Like so that three was like seconds. A one to
1: three ratio. Okay.
0: The, second the, second the glycolytic. The glycolytic, yeah. Well, so, yeah. I think he was asking like, when does the
2: glycolytic energy system take over? Like switch over, yeah. After yeah. ten seconds. So ten seconds. Yeah. Okay. okay. How long are those deadlifts? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it depends on how fast and you're going, guess, Yeah. And there, is, you know, we're these are scientific things we're talking about. There's overlap in real life. You know, the energy yeah. system
0: doesn't just turn off and yeah. the next one turns on. Right. There, there is some overlap in yeah. between all three of them. So life yeah. is more like art than science. Is exactly. what you're trying to say? Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So, what's the the second one was glycolytic. Give me a real world example of some workouts that might look include that.
1: Um, what's
0: that? It would be like
2: if you did um, interval type work, yeah. like okay. thirty yeah. seconds on, twenty seconds off, on a bike, something like that. Yeah, like the okay. one to three ratio. Okay. Type work. Right. So, mm-hmm. if you've ever, and and. Do a lot of that in CrossFit, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's managing your own rest, yeah. When even if it's just a four-time workout, right. That's why CrossFit is so glycolytic, is there, there's a lot of that interval type stuff, even if it's mm-hmm. self-induced right. <laughs> intervals. <laughs> the main
1: benefit of that one is it like trains your body to process that lactic acid, so the more mm-hmm. the training of that system is, is going to help you get better and better at that. Buffering. Be able to push through that quote pain. Nice. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the so, more you do it, the better you become
0: I mean, Yeah, at right. just like everything. Of
1: managing, the rest, managing that rest, managing that little temporary pain that you're feeling.
0: Cool. I like that. So that was probably more personal questions for me, but hopefully it helps people understand a little bit more of what they're doing. It's yeah. not just about cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, But I understand why people
2: think that and why they do it. I mean, it's, it's easily accessible. There's yep. a low... Learning curve. I yeah. can
0: walk out my door and get started. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
2: there's very little judgment in it from yeah. other people. You know, people encourage you when they know you're running right for fitness. Um, and to be clear, it's better than nothing. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. If, so if, we're not if, knocking it. If you're willing to stick with it for a long period of time, then it will get you some results. And is it optimal? Maybe not. But right. that's that's okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we said a lot of stuff about this, but I think the sorry, the bottom line is just like the more your body is working. The more you're going to burn, and the better off you're going to be. So, like lifting something heavy, is going to put your body to work after for longer than just like going out and jogging for 30 minutes and then coming back and you're you pretty, pretty feel pretty recovered
2: after
0: yeah. that. Cool. Right. What are some uh, What are some other common misconceptions that you guys run into? This kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about with the running, but
2: um, that you're going to get hurt lifting weights is a common thing. And, of course, you can get hurt lifting weights. Statistically, probably not. The research shows that the rate of injury in the weight room is like a tenth of the injury rate of jogging. Wow. So it's like (laughs) per 10,000 hours of weightlifting, there's like one injury Mm -hmm. versus like 20 for every 10,000 hours of long-distance running. Wow. And some of that's overuse injuries and things like that from Mm -hmm. running. But all that just to say that, if you have a coach that shows you the right way to do something and progresses you along smartly, it's very unlikely that you're going to get hurt in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, pe- people might not want to believe that, but that's just the statistical truth.
0: Yeah. I think it's important. Um, I would add to that. If you're hurt, I think, with the doctor's guidance, strength training becomes super important to, mm. to recover from that injury. Oh yeah. Um, we've had a lot of people that have that have started with us with some sort of injury from the past and as they've trained with us, you know, as long as we're smart and we're careful and we're avoiding things that need to be avoided, mm-hmm. they've actually gotten better and yeah. their back is now, um, feels a lot better or their knees feel a lot better. And so that, I Along with that misconception, if I'm gonna get hurt, I can't do it because I'm hurt right. is another one that I think we we confront mm-hmm, um, yeah. a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, any other you can definitely speak to that. Oh, that's experience. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. Share that story because that's a great story.
1: Yeah. So back in back in 2012, I sustained a pretty serious back injury. I was actually coaching, just demonstrating something, and it was early in the morning. And it wasn't because of what I was doing. It was just because of. The years of probably moving not as well as I should have. Um, but I was told I should have surgery the next day. Or, what was the injury? Um, uh, back hernia, a disc herniation was injury. And I was told I had to have surgery that next day or I probably wouldn't be able to use my left foot. Like I was well. having foot flop. I, you know, tingling. I, my, I couldn't, like, lift my foot up. Yeah, um,
2: just to interject here because I want to make sure... You're, not, you, you're downplaying it a little bit, but um, you know, there's certain like red flag signals you look for with a back injury because anybody over 30 has had a back tweak. You know, right. That just yeah. means either a sudden instant of back pain or you wake up and your back is sore, that kind of thing. So that's not that's, what we're yeah. talking about. The, these red flag signals are things like loss of bladder control, um, numbness, and, numbness and tingling in the legs you know, oh, that are yeah. signs of nerve damage. And loss of strength due to an impinged nerve. Mm-hmm. And when she says she had foot drop, that means like the the nerve that innervates the muscle in her foot was damaged to the point where it would not make a muscle contraction. Like wow. like she couldn't lift I mean, her yeah. lift her foot up off the ground, or couldn't walk on her toe, walk on her heel, those kind of things. So it was like it was a serious injury. Yeah. So we met yeah. with a
1: surgeon, and they were going to have sur. I was going to have surgery the next day, and. Talked to a friend who's an orthopedic surgeon, and he said, I can't advise you over the phone what to do, but there's a chance that you could recover from this. And I took that chance, and I didn't have surgery. And, I mean, no doctor would see me. No doctor wanted anything to do with me after didn't this. not want to touch it. <laughs> no, like, physical therapist-type doctor. So, mm. on my own, just through being patient in the beginning, through strengthening my core, and then finally through deadlift, squat, and press, I... That's all I concentrate on for about two years.
2: This was right around the time that we got introduced to the starting strength yeah. community and methodology of training
0: for strength. Yeah. So, Have you seen they've started a few of those locations mm-hmm. yeah. around Houston? Oh, it's re- really cool. Yeah. It is. Did you see the price per month? I did. Wow. <laughs> Won't be joining, but it's really cool. <laughs> <I'm> glad <laughs> someone cool. will be. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, okay. So, that I is- actually want to back up just a little bit because you said something that I think if, if people are listening, they're probably going, wait, what? Right, so you've got a pretty serious back injury that, according to doctors, most likely needs surgery, and your fix for it was to do deadlifts <laughs> and squats. Yeah. That seems counterintuitive. Yeah. There was a time yeah. frame involved also. Right, you end yeah. up walking to the gym the next day right. and wonder at max. and Right, so what, what did the recovery look like, and why why were you doing the things that you were doing? Like, what was the thought process behind it?
1: So the first thing was strengthening my core, and so the thought process on that is that the stronger I can get my core, the better I can... From here on out, protect my back, um, and keep you know keep little twists and turns from aggravating it again. And um, then I started literally with just the barbell, like really just
2: air squats. Air
1: squats, <laughs> yeah. And, and and as soon as I could get squat below parallel, because you know it was a long process, I was starting completely over in mm. the whole lifting and CrossFit world. So um, as soon as I could squat below parallel, I put a 35 pound bar on my back, and then you know three by five squats deadlift with no weights and then you know I just went by feel like when I felt like I could I added five pounds
2: wow yeah if you think back to the that cycle we talked about the stress recovery adaptation cycle we we use that to our advantage in injury to cause our body to heal if you don't do anything with your body after an injury you've given it no reason to heal Mm -hmm. yeah if you can stress it in a smart way that doesn't increase the injury or cause extra pain but it is a small stress, then you let your body recover from it and it will adapt. And you just repeat that cycle safely over and over again. And, and there's a huge mental side of it too. For sure. You know, convincing yourself that you're not so fragile by yeah. starting with something. Yeah. You know. yeah. After an injury, it's easy to feel like you can do nothing. And that's that one of the. The fragile
1: feeling was a big issue. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
2: It's about doing it smartly over time that yeah. builds the confidence and the strength simultaneously. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I mean, today, like, I, I can't, there was definitely nerve damage. I can't feel, like, the top of my foot or, like, some places along my leg, mm-hmm. like, to the touch. But there's nothing I can't do today.
0: Right.
2: Wow. That's crazy. Strength, the yeah. strength training. That's cool. A lot of people at her gym didn't even know about this injury because they see the level that she performs at. And I told them, and they were just in complete First of all, they thought she was bulletproof and could never have an injury. Right, of course. But then learning that she had a significant injury and still is at the level she's at now kind of gave them hope that even if they have a little bit of an injury, they can work through it. Yeah.
1: And, and speaking about getting injured in the weight room versus other, I've, I've re aggravated my back twice, and it was never doing lifting weights or doing CrossFit. It was one time like just tightening a row, the rower strap for another person, and I twisted wrong, which is the craziest injury. And the other time was lifting furniture Mm -hmm. you
0: know of course of course yeah (laughs) Yeah. we had a we had an athlete the other day who told us um that they got injured and i'm thinking oh my gosh what happened what did we do in the gym Mm -hmm. like oh no i was vacuuming Mm
1: -hmm. and did something that
0: that hurt my shoulder i was like oh that's not good so um so on this really really quickly if you could go back would what would you do to prevent the initial injury is there anything you could have done was just a freak accident
1: I think I I think I could have um, strengthened my core in the beginning more. Mm-hmm. I think that had a lot to do with it, and I think, you know, honestly, having a coach, I've always kind of just like worked because being a coach, I've kind of worked out by myself. So having a coach that understood the lifts and knew that I was moving badly,
0: mm-hmm. I think. So was it just it was just an accumulative effect of poor movement?
1: I believe so. Yeah. yeah.
0: But how how poor are we talking? <laughs> I mean, not, not poor.
2: And actually, <laughs> some, I've, maybe you've forgotten about this, but I, I think some of your injury was tied to a long time ago. You picking up a baby and twisting, <laughs> and twisting, yeah. carrying the like picking a baby up out of a crib and then it rotating, was uh, the floor, which, yeah. which is like seven. the worst thing you can do for your back is twist under a load. Yeah, because you hurt your back at that time. No, we right, didn't know anything true. about anything yeah. back then, but. You Know there could have been a small herniation at mm-hmm. that time that, that eventually healed or mostly healed over it just, time. Yeah, that you re like aggravated, could have been nobody knows, it, you know. Yeah,
0: sure. But sure. I would
1: say the biggest thing that came out of this was just moving well, understanding the importance mm-hmm. of moving well, and not, not just in the gym, but in, in, in mostly in everyday life, mm-hmm. like picking up something and twisting, holding a box. Like, I even tell my like, clients and stuff, I'm like, don't reach into your back seat and try to like pull your purse or your bag. To the front like that, you know, that's twisting and you're moving weight under load.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. That's that's actually really <laughs> helpful. Um, if I want to strengthen my core, just really simply, what does that mm-hmm. look like?
1: Um, the, third, the thing I used at the time was holds. Okay. Static holds because you don't want to do a lot of flexion. We're, we're you huge
2: fans of isometric yeah, holds. Isometric. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, plank, hollow, superman, and side planks, side planks are the biggest ones. Handstands. Handstand holds. Eventually uh, dead hangs.
2: Else sits if your back tolerates it. And so
1: just like with everything, you can work them in like three sets of like start with, you know, 20 seconds. As soon as that you're hitting 20 seconds, add uh, 25 seconds, 30 mm-hmm. seconds.
2: Yeah. We're, we can't overstate <laughs> how important it is to have a strong core, even though it's an overused word. Yeah. And to pay attention to how much you're flexing and extending your spine and your training. Mm. Because it's a cumulative thing you know the the spine Mm -hmm. if you look at one of those things that hangs the skeleton the things like the spine is not really made to flex it's meant to be kept in a normal extended period like we're like we're standing right now right you know and repeatedly flexing and extending it does have a wear and tear effect on it so limit the amount that you do and strengthen through isometric holds as much as you can.
0: So when you say strengthening your core, you don't mean a whole bunch of sit-ups. No, that's <laughs> right. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm hearing you say. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's not its not that you can't ever do sit-ups. Right. It's just limit how much you do it. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's not – I just – I yeah. wanted to make sure people understood you weren't recovering from injury by doing sit-ups and GHD sit-ups, and, like, that wasn't the path. It was – what I would say is the boring hard work um, of sitting there and holding a plank Exactly. and it's one, it's boring. And I think the reason it's boring is because it sucks and you want to get out of that position as soon as you can. So yeah. Uh, Yeah. Worth its weight in gold. Um, Okay. So let's talk. um, I don't know how to phrase this frequency. How, if I'm, if I'm working out ideally, how often should I be working out every single day, twice a week, like, for just normal average Joe, I'm not trying to train for the Olympics or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So of course I have to preface this by saying it depends. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you
2: know, that the middle part of that cycle that we're talking about was the recovery part. So, you know, the exercise is the stress, the rest days are the recovery, recovery, which causes the adaptation. So you know, stress isn't just what we're doing in the gym. It's the accumulation of everything in your life. So we have to make sure that you can recover from the total amount of stress that we're giving you between your workouts and your in your regular life. Yeah. So the amount of time you should spend working out is the amount that you can recover from. Yeah. So for for myself and Blakely, that might mean something different than for you and Gabby or from, you know, somebody who just starts with us. So um, if you're starting from nothing... Start with less than you think, mm. because it gives you some place to go, some place to progress to, and something that gives you that early win that keeps the consistency coming. So, you know, if we're if we're designing a program for an experienced CrossFitter, something like that, or somebody who has plenty of recovery resources, it's probably going to be in that four to five day per week range, assuming that they can recover from it, and assuming that they're following a smart program that doesn't overuse one part of the body or one movement pattern too much. Cause right. you know, if you're, if you're working out five days a week, but you're pulling from the ground every one of those five days, then you're not able to recover from the cumulative stress of that repetitive motion. So that's kind of like the micro cycle of stress and recovery. And then of course, um, we look at giving clients deload times, which is just a, a period of reduced intensity and volume, usually about a week. It kind of lets cumulative stress dissipate over time. So, you know, you have these small cycles and then you have these larger meso cycles that you might not even notice that the fatigue has been adding up. Maybe you're, the weight is feeling heavier than it really should. Yeah. So, having a, a period of dedicated deload, you know, decreased intensity can help all that stress dissipate and you actually come back stronger from a
0: longer rest period. That's great. I love it. Does that make sense? It does. Um, what is recovery? Like, I get the why. What does it actually look like? What do I do to recover? Is it like chilling in the pool? Like, (laughs) what does that mean?
2: Yeah, I know because like now it's popular, the term active recovery. It's like, today was my rest day, so my active recovery was I hiked 10 miles. Right, ran a 5K (laughs) active rest day. Right. Yeah. So, and there's like so many voodoo (laughs) things out there and products you can buy for recovery. Um that may or may not
0: have the research well, to back them up. Jigsaw things and <laughs> <laughs> electrotherapy things. Oh my gosh. Lots so, of stuff.
2: Yeah. So I, I guess like there's two kinds of recovery there's real recovery and then there's placebo recovery. Okay. So real recovery is really just two things it's food and sleep. Are you getting enough food to provide your body with the calories it needs to replenish the? the things like glycogen and repair the muscle that you damaged in the gym. And are you sleeping enough? Because everybody knows that when you're sleeping is when all this magic actually happens, you yeah. know. Growth hormones release and muscle repair and all all that good yeah. stuff. Um so are you getting enough of those? Those are the cornerstones of any recovery, food and sleep. And, you know, you gotta think about that when you're on a when you're working with somebody on fat loss too, because putting them in a calorie restriction to get their body weight down is another stress on their body Mm. which requires more recovery so you got to think about all that and periodize out their their nutrition so that they're not continually in another state of stress that they can't recover from being on that quote diet yeah so then that's the real recovery is food and sleep and then the placebo recovery and i say that kind of like half joking because you know there's so many things out there like Things like foam rolling and compression boots and all these massage device devices and did I already say foam rollers. You did okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, so many foam rollers out there. <laughs> A lot of foam rollers. <laughs> so, so our kind of line of thinking with that kind of stuff is, you know, if you have the time and money, the cryo goes into this category too. If you have the time and money to dedicate to those things and it's not detracting from your training and your other recovery. Right. Go for it. You know, yeah. no harm, no foul. Right. But if you're neglecting other things in recovery, putting the focus on those things that aren't food and sleep, then let's focus on the big things first right. that we know move the needle. You know, right. there's not a lot of there's not a lot of promising research on there about cryotherapy increasing your recovery long term but like I said if it makes you feel better and you have the time and resources then mm-hmm. go for it I'm not trying to poo poo it right because you know we have a foam roller you sure know, if my my leg is feeling weird I'll roll around on it for a little bit it makes me
0: feel better than it worked right that's all that really matters yeah. yeah If I have
2: the extra five minutes to do it and it makes me feel better than it worked
0: right what you're saying though is don't stay up late to get in your norma tech. <laughs> exactly it'd be better just to go to sleep yeah, yeah.
2: and uh and get more sleep for sure yeah golly like what that's one of the things we track with our clients is the amount of sleep that they're getting and man
0: a lot of work to do there yeah just as a as a culture yeah
2: Mm -hmm. five five six hours is not enough
0: no it's not enough no there's there's a bunch of great podcasts on this but man gabby and i were listening to one and it's just scary what sleep does and what a lack of sleep does Mm -hmm. and they put these um these college, They weren't athletes, but they were fit college students in their early 20s, and they gave them five hours of sleep every night for five days, and at the end of the week, they were pre-diabetic. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. It is. Yeah, their it insulin is. sensitivity is like yeah. down yeah. in
2: the crapper like immediately.
0: So anyways, sleep is yeah. sleep is huge, and I think we stated it earlier, which is now probably an earlier podcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have an amazing <laughs> hack. I hate that word, but... A hack for
2: getting more sleep. Are you ready? Let's Let's hear it. Go to bed earlier. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing it's how often brilliant. that's
0: overlooked. It's brilliant.
2: Think, like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll ask somebody. I'm like, how much sleep are you getting? I'm, I'm getting six hours. Well, what time are you going to bed? 11:30 usually. Well, yeah. all right. Well, let's start there. Like, right. Let's head to the bed at 10:30. I mean, there's so much
0: Netflix to watch, Jonathan. <laughs> right. Come on, yeah. that's crazy. Okay. Um, let's see. I think you guys talked about rest, which I was really excited about. I think you you gave a pretty good picture of what that should look like. Oh, uh, this is a question I remember having when we were talking about that. Sorry, we, I digressed into other stuff. Um, how do I know if I'm recovered? Like, what should I feel like? Um, when When should I – if I wake up and I'm planning on training that day, but my body feels like junk, like at what point should I say, you know, it's probably better to take a rest day or – I'll have a rest day tomorrow. Let me go ahead and push. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you mm-hmm. usually tell people?
2: You want to take that? Yeah. And I know there's no like black that. and white answer yeah. to that question, yeah. but what
0: should I generally be feeling? Yeah. So,
2: <clears throat> I think this brings up a good topic that we're always talking about, which is the difference between acting on feelings and motivation, and acting on discipline. Mm. And there's a lot of different words for discipline, but. Um and I don't wanna sound like a drill sergeant saying like you must go no matter what you feel, but if you wake up and you don't feel like going to the gym, well there's gonna be a lot of those days. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of days where you don't feel like paying attention to what you eat. There's gonna be a lot of days where you don't feel like being kind to people. Right. A lot of days where you don't feel like going to the gym. Oh so, so we this have, is like a life thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to get out of the habit of doing everything based on how you feel okay because feelings will lie to you they'll mislead you and then they'll become habits based on those feelings Mm. so let me just i'll first start by saying that as far as personally we like to have scheduled rest days like we plan out in advance and we'll do this with our clients too like you're going to work out this day, this day, and this day, and you're going to have a rest in between. You're going to work out these three days in a row, then have a, have a rest, kind of like the CrossFit methodology. Right. And that helps take the feelings out of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, obviously, when there's something like an injury, we have to you know, adjust rest and things like that. Right. But um, as far as going based on feelings and also going based on muscle soreness, I don't really see those as valid reasons to take a rest day. There may be some decreased performance because of muscle soreness Mm -hmm. but it's not a sign that you need to not exercise now it varies from person to person if they say they feel better as far as the soreness going away after they work out right but it's not a reason to not train okay there will always be a reason to not train i have a t-shirt that says (laughs) what are you gonna do not train (laughs) so so anyway that's kind of our overarching theme is schedule your rest days, adjust based on injury, and don't decide to go to the gym based on feelings okay. of the day because feelings change. Okay,
0: what are the what are the things I should watch out for um, in terms of overtraining and not not overtraining like medically, you know, mm-hmm. like rabdo or anything like <laughs> right. that. But when, I'm, when I am, because of life and my training schedule and maybe my lack of sleep and nutrition, like at what point should I say, ooh, I maybe need to pump the brakes and maybe throw in an extra rest day mm-hmm. in, my, in my scheduled routine? Yeah. How do I know when I need to back off just a little bit? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And um,
2: when we work with somebody, we, we have a Google Doc spreadsheet that they – fill in that we have access to that we can see. And we track certain, what we call biomarkers or biofeedback. And those are things like sleep, feelings of recovery, hunger, cravings, motivation, mood. And those are signs, th- those can be signs that you're overtraining. Hmm. You know, if your sleep is not what it normally is, if, if your mood changes drastically, those can be signals for us to look at. All right, maybe they're approaching that level where the cumulative stress is to the point where they need a deload week. Or they need to adjust training volume overall. You know, volume being the total amount of work that they're doing over the course of the week. So I think you have to rely on. Unfortunately, they're subjective measures because people fill out the spreadsheet themselves based sure. on how they feel. But It's sure. the best that we can do without right. measuring things. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, and I think that's important because I, I do think it shouldn't be about feeling. But if we've gone four weeks and we just keep running ourselves into the ground, mm-hmm. right? I think we've got to reevaluate and say, okay, why do I feel like? Why do I? feel worse now than I did four weeks ago. Yeah. Um,
2: and I think another thing to bring up in this is, you know, having a coach to write your programming for you, you know, you get, I know when you guys write your workouts for your gym, you consider the balance of everything they're doing over the course of the week, the right. month. So if we're left to our own devices, we'll probably do the things that we enjoy the most. Maybe we enjoy bench pressing or maybe we enjoy doing power cleans. So, we bias our training towards those things, which can lead to imbalances, overuse injuries, or any other kind of injury. So I think it's important to if you don't know how to write your own programming in a balanced way, to hire a coach to do it for you. Because you know we we spend a lot of time in our day to day day-to-day lives kind of hunched over. Mm-hmm. So if we're hunched over driving our car, we're hunched over holding our phones, hunched over using the computer, and then we're working all the muscles on the front of our body in the gym, because that's what we prefer, we're going to end up with imbalances and overuse injuries on the front of our body. You know, your training probably needs to be adjusted to have a lot of horizontal pulling in it to balance out the muscles that keep your shoulders pulled back. You know, and the same thing goes with legs, too. You know, yeah, it's it's about coming up with a training program that um, is balanced and keeps you from overusing one part of your injury. Yeah. Overusing one part of your body and leading to injury. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good. I know you all
2: think about that when you write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times have we pulled from the ground this week? How much shoulders right. have we done?
0: Yeah. And we actually, so um, about three weeks ago, we switched over to linchpin. Um, mm. I was doing all of our programming, and we switched over to linchpin, and I love it. It's great. Buying a lot of your time back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Getting a lot more time back. Um, but then, yeah, we'll on those rest days, we'll program stuff, and, and we look at all that. And, um, and it is interesting that we'll have... When we change programming, people will come in and say, hey, what's different? They notice a different, even though we have the constantly varied stuff. Um, so when we switch from main site to my programming, people could notice there was something different about it. When we switched to mine to Lynchpin; there was, mm-hmm. again, a noticeable difference, which is, yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we all have our own biases. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Anything else you guys want to throw in about training?
2: Uh, I, mean, I think it's kind of like this the same thing. Way that you need to approach your nutrition, you know, start small. Start with less than you think you need to, so that you have a place to go. Don't go extreme. Don't think that you need to do everything right when you start. Even if it's easy when you start, it's okay. Add a little bit more next time.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that we try and get people to see. Is again going back to that. Hey, I want to lose weight for this wedding in a month or whatever it is. Like this is this is a lifelong habit we're trying to create. Yeah, and so we're gonna ease into this. And we're gonna do it right, and we're gonna do it slowly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what yeah. is that? A low trajectory towards a distant horizon. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, cool. All right. So let's talk about um, let's talk about some of the success stories that you guys have had. Um, <clears throat> feel free to use names or pseudonyms <laughs> or whatever it is.
2: Yeah. Why don't you talk about the um, the people at the gym? You know, as you closed it.
1: Yeah, John, uh, Jonathan did a really sweet thing. Um, as as the gym was closing, he had everybody um, kind of make a video diary, and they did it on their own. Like they mm. would just submit it, submit a little video, selfie style. Yeah, no one knew what everyone else was saying. and you know, sitting there with tissues, crying, watching this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it was really cool to see the same themes continue to come up, and those themes were those themes were just you know. The confidence that they gained like mm. that was that was huge and that's what most you know most people were like i didn't think that i could do this and and you know this gave me the opportunity to understand wow. that and then cool. you know the strength side being stronger than they they thought they were ever you know doing things they never thought they could and being stronger both than in the gym and outside yeah and so many stories of just like i could i can play with my kids now you know like with energy and, you know, be excited to play with them after work. And those were just like the running themes, and, you know, all these people didn't know what each other was saying. And it was really cool to hear.
2: Mm-hmm. And just having a better understanding overall of both the, the physical side of exercise and the food that they put in their body, you know, yeah. appreciating that they walked away from their experience with Blakely, with information they could use. No matter what else they went to do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And that's our that's our goal with the digital barbell is like we always say like we're trying to put ourselves out of business is we don't want people to stay on with us lifelong. We want yeah. them to come to us and walk away with just a ton of education and be able to do this on their own and then in turn like pass this along to their own families.
0: So mm-hmm. cool. It's funny because people do come to us to lose weight or to look good in bathing suits. Mm-hmm. And they get these things that they probably were never expecting, confidence, confidence um, yeah. just general capability in life. These mm-hmm. things that people don't think about, but they're right. actually, if we were to choose, hey, would you rather be more confident or would you rather look good in a bathing suit? I think most people would say, well, no, I want the confidence. Yeah. That's that's why I want to look good yeah. in a bathing right. suit. Right. <laughs> um, right. And so yeah. I, I think that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Like, you it it wasn't a bunch of people saying man it was great i lost 10 pounds and i right. looked so good at that thing that i went to yeah right it was meaningful like life-altering stuff yeah. um that's that's very cool and very I cool
1: there's something about like struggling on a daily basis that changes you mentally for the better and then like and then in turn doing it with a group of people that at first you don't know man that's just like that's life-changing stuff
0: yeah, right yeah. There. that's awesome a
2: pretty cool specific example um as a client, that she actually was just having some stomach pain, just didn't feel right. Ended up going to the hospital that night, finding out that her appendix was on the verge of rupturing. And Holy cow! Had it removed, <clears throat> and she'd been training with Blakely for almost four years. Four years. Um, you know, had never exercised or enjoyed exercise, and ended up, you know, becoming a huge part of her life. But the cool part of the story is that the doctors took her resting heart rate when she got to the hospital and they didn't understand what they were looking at how could it be so low wow like how so, could she
1: be so healthy and yeah they I'm called this. Nurse,
2: other nurses into the the room to show them like how low her resting heart rate was because of how good her cardiovascular endurance had gotten and how fit she was. Awesome.
0: that she loves that. She's love the best part of getting her appendix. Uh, medical <laughs> medical professionals baffled by okay. a healthy patient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's oh, that's the
2: most motivating kind of stuff mm-hmm. for us. I mean, it's cool also, you know, just to be completely superficial, like helping forty three year old guys go from dad bod like to literally having six-pack abs if that's their goal (laughs) yeah you know that's a that's a vain thing but um you know if we educate people in the process of getting them there then they understand even if they don't maintain that like what were the healthy things that got me Mm -hmm. to this place yep and then you know they're a positive influence on their families and friends also when they're out in public absolutely you know we have clients that are on vacation right now with big groups of friends and family and i know that they're being a positive influence Mm -hmm. on the people they're with you Mm -hmm. know are they completely abstaining from everything no they're living their life but in a balanced way with the principles that they've learned yeah it's it's just it's cool Mm -hmm. to to give people the information that they can go out into the world with yeah Yeah. that's
0: awesome that's really cool yeah well thanks guys thank you You Absolutely. you
2: guys have anything else just check us out on digitalbarbell.com. Um, you know we're gonna just continue to put out as much free information as we can. You know we're always posting on Instagram almost every day. And you know if you have any specific questions and aren't even interested in becoming a client, that's completely fine. You can send us a message through any social media or email us, and we'd be happy to help you.
0: Yeah. What are y'all's um, Instagram? Handle's just Digital Barbell. Mm-hmm. Yep, just that, Digital Barbell. And then I can find you on Facebook, Digital yeah. Barbell, and then yeah. DigitalBarbell.com. You yep. got it. Awesome. You got all the domains. <laughs> Guys, they're, uh, they are well worth your time and money if you're looking for some um, some personal coaching. Um, me and Gabby have both worked with them, both on the nutrition side and on the, uh, the programming side, and they are phenomenal both in their approach. They're going to help you get the results if you will um, just follow their lead. Uh, but also in their care. Like they're going to take the time to actually get to know you and figure out what it is that you want. This is not like a one size fits all kind of thing. So well worth your time and money. So check them out. And again, even if you're not interested in the programming stuff um, or the nutrition coaching, they're they putting out just a ton of really, really good educational resources um, that everybody could use. So please, please check them out. So thank you guys. Jonathan you, Blakely, you guys you. are awesome. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, we'll see you all later. All right.